0: In today's Bible story, we find Elijah curled up under a broom tree in the desert, wanting to die. To understand what brought him there, we have to look back a little further in the story. You see, Elijah was a prophet in Israel at a time of great change and turmoil when his people were ruled by one evil king after the other. Although Elijah's job was to tell people God's truth, it was often truth they didn't want to hear. And as you can imagine, he wasn't particularly popular. He was especially charged with telling truth to Israel's kings. And so he was really disliked by King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. Now Queen Jezebel had come from another country where they worshiped the fertility god Baal. Some also pronounce it Baal or Baal, uh, but most as Baal. Since she had brought 450 of the prophets of Baal to court with her, Elijah was worried about the negative influence over people of faith. In order to prove that Baal wasn't real, he set up a sort of my God's bigger than your God competition. What he decided to do is he challenged the prophets of Baal to set up an altar with a sacrificial bull on it and Elijah would do the same. Then they would wait to see whose God was the first to send the fire to light the barbecue. Now the prophets of Baal for six hours danced and cried and wailed and nothing happened. Then Elijah being a bit of a show-off soaked the wood on his altar with water and then said a prayer And shoom, a flash of fire consumed the altar and the offering. It was quite a show. Can't you just see the I told you so look on the prophet's face? All of that is why Queen Jezebel is livid. She sends word to let Elijah know that he is going to be dead by the next day. It doesn't take long after the big barbecue standoff for Elijah's bravado to disappear under the very real threat against his life, and he runs away as fast as his feet will carry him. Feeling exhausted and defeated, Elijah sits down under that broom tree. Tired, afraid, overwhelmed, depressed, discouraged, he simply gives up. He whines and complains. He blames other people for his misfortunes. Doesn't this sound familiar to anybody? And then he begs God to kill him before the evil queen does. Does God rebuke him for his cowardice? Make him feel ashamed? No. So what does happen when Elijah decides that he just can't go on? The answer is one that you and I can cling to in our own sitting-under-the-broom-tree experiences. God provides for him, moment by moment, one step at a time. God doesn't give up on him even when he's given up on himself. Twice, God sends an angel with food and water to give Elijah strength for his journey. Now, the Hebrew word for angel means messenger. It's a word sometimes used to describe God's own presence, sometimes a holy being, And at other times, it simply refers to humans who serve God's purposes. A woman named Mimi Heist found her unlikely God-sent messenger in the comedian, Zach, I can never say his name, Galifianakis, I got it. When he first met her, this was long before he was famous, long before he had hit it big in comedy, when he first met her, she was homeless. And so, she volunteered at a laundry because they would let her use whatever tips she got to help her survive. She would hide at night so that you couldn't see her from the storefront between the, the um, washers and the dryers so that she would have a place to sleep at night. Mimi revealed that after she had her divorce was when she became homeless, and that she had been on the streets for decades. Even though Zach was an unknown comedian, didn't have tons of money, he found a little comfortable apartment for her and paid the rent. And even when time passed and he became a wealthy Hollywood star, his fame didn't affect his heart and he maintained a strong bond with Mimi. Sometimes he would even walk her down the red carpet as his guest. If he's in town, he takes me, she said. I dress up nice and a friend helps me with my makeup. It's fun, not something I dreamed I'd ever experience. Their friendship lasted nearly 27 years until she died at the age of 96. How many times has God sent you an angel in the form of another person who has helped you make it through a difficult time in your life. Someone who said the thing you most needed to hear, who maybe just sat beside you you when you needed a friend, or prayed for you when you didn't feel like you could pray for yourself. No matter how hard things get, God sends someone to help. Of course, you may just push the person aside and try to put walls around yourself so no one can get in, But have you ever noticed that sometimes, despite your determination to be miserable, the angels provide for you anyway? They may not have wings or fly around, but they do come, and we are never as alone as we think we are. God sends us messengers of hope when we need them. They come to speak the truth we need to hear, to prod us when we have fallen to find us when we're lost or encourage us when we're down. God speaks through the people and places and events around us, but we have to be paying attention to realize it. After the angel provides for Elijah in the wilderness, he travels on to Mount Horeb and spends the night in a cave. He witnesses the great windstorm that splits mountains and and breaks up rocks, he experiences the earthquake, and watch, watches the fire rage past the cave. Now, Elijah is the same prophet who once called God in that big smackdown of the prophets of Baal, but he probably expects God to be in the middle of the flashy show of nature's glory. But no, God is not in the wind, or the earthquake, or the fire. In the complete silence after the storm, Elijah steps out to the edge of the cave at the same time that God enters the silence and speaks. Other translations call that sound of sheer silence the still, small voice of God, and the Hebrew translates it closer to the whisper of God. What a surprise, and I imagine what a relief to Elijah that God is not stirring up all the chaos swirling around us. When we stop to listen, it is in the soft and subtle sounds and silences of life that God can be heard. Craig Barnes once said, the sound of sheer silence was heard centuries later when a baby was born in a stable in Bethlehem on that holy, silent night and when an innocent man was crucified on a cross in Jerusalem. It was heard when a young man stared down a tank in Tiananmen Square in China, when an elderly nun quietly washed the bodies of the dying in Calcutta, and when New York firefighters silently ran back into the crumbling world trade towers in the hopes of pulling one more person back to life. Recognizing God's presence is a matter of paying attention, filtering out other voices and our own inner chatter so that we can listen to the voice of God. When we're discouraged, how different things might seem if instead of focusing on our fear or our insecurities or our failures or our inadequacies, we remember that God loves us and provides for us. If only we could remember to reach out for the hand that is always reaching for ours. Twice God asks Elijah, what are you doing here? It's a way of getting Elijah to reorient himself to remember what is important. It's a good idea for you and me to sometimes ask ourselves, so what are you doing here? Take a little life inventory And then what are we doing in whatever place we find ourselves? How can we live with faithfulness and integrity and compassion before God? God tells Elijah to go back to Damascus because there's work for him to do. And so Elijah goes back to his work knowing that he, like us, is never alone. That God walks with him just as God walks with us every day. Whether life is very noisy for you right now or the silence is deep or even lonely, God shows up and God asks us to show up for others. God's call to love the least of these, to care for one another, to be angels to each other, is just as much a balm for us as it is to those whose lives we are trying to touch. Sometimes we have to listen extra hard to hear God's voice, and trying to be a messenger of God's love can sometimes seem almost impossible. In 2002, an event flashed across our TV screens that made most of us shudder. A Wall Street Journal reporter named Daniel Pearl had been kidnapped by Pakistani militants who accused him of being a CIA agent. He was an American, a reporter, and a Jew, all capital sins to these particular radical fundamentalists. They executed him and sent out around the world the grisly video to prove it. The reason I'm bringing up this disturbing event is that instead of seeking vengeance, Daniel's father, Judea, chose to listen to how God might use him as a messenger of peace. As you can imagine, The man was shaken to his core with grief. Given the fact that radical Muslims killed his Jewish son, no one would be surprised if he gave in to his hate. But he didn't. Hatred took my son, he says, and hatred I shall fight for the rest of my life. Judea knew that his son had been killed by radicals and that painting all Muslims as radicals would be unjust and would stir up just more hate in the world. When the American consulate phoned with the news that his son was dead, Judea said, my first response was amazement, that the blood still flowed in my veins, that I could lift an arm. A knife had been plunged in my heart and I was surprised I could still move my fingers. And yet, within days, he established the Daniel Pearl Foundation to promote understanding between Muslims and Jews. In addition to Professor Pearl, and a Muslim professor traveled around the world to give talks together and to promote dialogue. The foundation sponsors other peacemaking initiatives and offers two yearly fellowships, for Muslim journalists so that they can experience American newspapers and what it means to have a free press. The Foundation continues to work internationally to confront the hatred that took Daniel's life. Here is a man whose world, like that of Elijah, must have felt like it was crashing down around him. And yet in the silence of his grief he listened to the voice of God prodding his conscience giving him the courage to know that, with the help of others, he could carry the legacy of his gentle, warm-hearted son. Through the years, Judea's work of love has already touched more than few lives with the angel wings of tolerance and understanding. The challenge to each of us is to listen for all the ways God can speak to us and to pay attention to the whisper of the holy within. You are never without the amazing love of God surrounding you, sustaining you, giving giving you the courage to share that love with others. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.